is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquers. Sing it again.
every day that we are your children. God, we get so caught up in everyday life, getting things done. Um, may you remind us to have a childlike faith, that we would never lose our wonder of you. We would never stop learning about you and from you. And 
when the enemy speaks lies into our life, help us to identify what words come from you and what words don't. Because you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. Because we are your sons and your daughters. And sometimes we aren't even aware of how you're working in our lives. God, I pray that you would just show up, God, in a mighty way that we can't help but see you work and see you love us the way that nobody can love us. We love you and we praise you. Amen. You guys can take a seat. You know, in family ministry, our goal is to make every child or every teenager that comes in feel like they are the most important person in the room. And there's a reason we do that, and it's because when kids and teenagers feel like they are the most important person in the room, then walls are broken down, relationships are formed, and when that happens, kids and students become more receptive to the gospel. And when they become more receptive to the gospel, then lives are changed. And that is something that we celebrate here at Springwell. We are so excited to tell you that as of last year, as of last week, 21 students and kids have been baptized and lives have been changed. So that is awesome. Like we are so excited about that. And that's something we celebrate. And so for those of you that serve in family ministry, we are so thankful for you. We are grateful that you are investing in the next generation. But even if you don't serve in family ministry, by giving at Springwell, you are playing a part in shaping that next generation. And so today we invite you to give here at Springwell. We invite you to give in four ways. You can give online at springwell.org. You can go in the lobby and give at one of the giving kiosks. You can um, give by texting the number that comes up on the screen in just a moment. And you can give um, tangibly with cash or check by passing or placing it in the bucket that's being passed. So if you're at the left of your row, if you'll take that bucket and if you'll pass it at this time. Good morning, everyone. Hey, there we go. A little bit of excitement down front. That's awesome. How are we doing? Y'all good? All right. In spite of the rain, in spite of the cold, and the fact that our weather here in the south decides it's going to do something different every 13 hours, it kind of is what it is right now, right? We're glad you guys are here with us this morning. Uh, quick question to get started. How many people in the room have ever been into, let's say, a Walmart or a Target with a small child? Raise your hand. Yes. Okay. Some of you automatically are like, Jesus, help, please. Okay. So... If you have, then you know it's inevitable that if you walk in, even if you're going in for a gallon of milk, the question that gets asked is, can we go look at the toys? Like that happens, right? It's just something that takes place. Um, a couple years ago, I picked my daughter Hannah up from school. And after we, we did that, I had to run by Walmart for something, literally one thing. We walk in the door, and as we start to walk in the door, she says, Daddy, can we look at the toys? And against my better judgment, I said, yes. And we go back, I get what I need to get, and we walk back to the toys. So we go up one aisle, everything's fine. And I, I put the disclaimer in there, which you have to do. As soon as she said, can we go look at the toys? I said, yes, but we're not going to get anything. So we go one aisle, everything's perfect. There are no issues. Nothing took place. We go to the second aisle, and she starts to get a little antsy. She says, Daddy, can I have this? And I said, no, baby, we're not buying anything today. She huffs a little bit, and we keep walking. We get to the third aisle of the toys, and as we're looking, she says, Daddy, I want this. Can I have this? And I said, no, sweets, we're not going to buy anything. 
And at that moment, my daughter, my sweet little Hannah, started to act out. If you don't know, that's parental code for went nuts in front of God and everybody else. I mean, just straight up crazy in this moment. And I'm sitting there going, child, you, you've got to calm down. And I look down to the other end of the aisle, and right in front of the Barbie dolls, there's this guy standing there by himself. He's got a Barbie doll in his hand, and he's doing this. Like, he's looking over his shoulder, and as soon as I see him looking at me, I forget all about my daughter. And all I can think is, that guy thinks I'm a horrible parent. Like, I, that guy thinks I can't control my child, and so I'm trying to get her to be quiet. I'm like, come on, let's go, and she's just not having it. And I look back over, and he keeps looking, and by this point, he's like looking with a little grin on his face. And now I'm sitting there going, why am I the only one on this aisle with this guy? Is there no one else here to help me out with this? Like, I am in full-on freak-out mode. What do I do to make this stop? And I can't figure out what to do. Finally, I look over at him again, and with that little grin on his face and a Barbie doll in his left hand, he looks at me and gives me one of these. <laughs> Honest to goodness. Like, one of those, like, little bro code things, like, dude, I've been there. Like, I get it. And he looks at me with this look on his face. And so I scoop Hannah up, and I'm like, we got to get out of here. And I start to walk down the aisle, and as I start to go past him, he looks at me. He goes, word of advice, always come to the toy aisle alone. And I'm like, where were you 20 minutes ago? Like, help me out then. I didn't need this here. All I thought was the entire time I was in that aisle was the ridicule that I was facing as a parent. I tell you guys this story to set up the day because I want you to think about this. Every parent worries what other people think. There is not a parent in this room, there is not a parent on earth that at some point in time hasn't worried about what someone else thought about them. At some point you feel like you don't measure up. You see how someone else's child acts in a situation and yours doesn't act that way and you immediately think, they think I'm a bad parent. They think I don't know what I'm doing. They think I don't care about my child. Every parent at some point in time worries about what others think, the same way that I was worrying about that guy. Every parent also feels like they're on an island at some point, like you're the only one dealing with your thing. You're the only one dealing with that issue in the moment. Like there's no one else who knows, there's no one else who cares, and there's no one else in my situation. But what I also discovered that day on that aisle was that every parent looks for help. And contrary to popular belief, Pinterest parenting is not the end-all, be-all. Here's what ends up happening. If you're going and you're looking at stuff that you've got pinned to a board or stuff that you see other people posting about their family vacations or what's going on with their child and what's going on with that child, a lot of times it's more of a hindrance than it is a help. It makes you feel worse about yourself and you're going and you're looking everywhere else because you're just trying to find something. It ends up being more defeating than it does encouraging and it only leads us back to feeling like we don't measure up. No parent should ever feel like they're inferior to another parent. As a matter of fact, at Springwell, we believe that every parent wants to be a great parent. Now, there are some people who may disagree with that statement. You say, well, did you see what this person has done or hasn't done with their child or how this person was there and now they're not there? Well, let me give you a different scenario. And this is how we like to think about it. I don't believe that there's ever been a parent when they found out that they were going to be one that sat back and said to their unborn child, wow, I can't wait to screw you up. I don't believe that that's ever happened and we choose not to believe that. We also believe that you should never feel like you're on an island. You shouldn't have to compare yourself to other people. You shouldn't have to wonder how you're struggling when no one else seems to be struggling. And today, what I want us to do for just a minute, whether you're in here today and you're a parent or you're not, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're in a phase of life where you have kids or you don't, I want to challenge us to rethink our families, to think about them in a different way. Rethink your purpose as a parent, as a grandparent, as a, a guardian, as a parental figure or a mentor in a child's life. And I want you to rethink where you go for help and information about how to become a better parent or a better leader for a child. I want you to rethink kids. They're really not out to get you. Honestly, there are some times where I feel like my seven-year-old, <laughs> this is great, by the way. Um, there are some times that I feel like as a parent that my child has like a little hit list in her room. 
and it has one name on it, scribbled in like purple crayon, Daddy. Like that's <laughs> what I feel like sometimes. They're not out to get you. As a matter of fact, they're a blessing from God. And here's why we're talking about this today. Because as a church, Springwell has started rethinking how we help you rethink your family. So for the next few minutes, I want to show you how our rethinking, you're hearing a lot of the same word over and over, I get it, how our rethinking is going to help you rethink it. And so I want to go to the Bible, to Psalm 127. If you have a Bible and you want to turn there or you want to open up the Bible app, that's awesome. If you want to follow along, we're going to put the scripture on the screen too. Psalm 127 is five verses long. But it's so super powerful, and I believe it's going to help transform some lives in here today. So let's read it together. Verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late toiling for food to eat. For he, God, grants sleep to those he loves. Now immediately we start to notice that there are two words that get repeated multiple times here. And it's the words unless and vain. The writer of this psalm plainly states that God has an essential involvement in whatever his people attempt. Anything that we're trying to build, anything that we're trying to guard, anything that we're trying to maintain says that unless God is at the foundation, then you're doing it in vain. Very plainly here. These two verses make no room for self-reliance and here's the thing about that. That doesn't just go for your family. That goes for our jobs. Something's going on at work. There's no room for self-reliance there. You may think that you know everything about what you do. But when a situation starts to go crazy with a coworker, or you have questions about something, God needs to be the one who's building the house. Otherwise, you're laboring in vain. The same thing goes with any relationship that we have, anything that's going on at school for some of you who are in that phase of life right now. But it also goes for our family. That if we're trying to do it on our own or we're trying to figure out what everyone else says about it, what everyone else does, and we're trying to make it our own thing, but God is not the foundation, God's not the one building it, then essentially we're working but we're not doing anything. Which brings us in verse 2 to the word sleep. It's very similar and it's actually a play on the word vain because in Hebrew, both of those words are three letters. The first and the third letters are exactly the same. And the middle letter actually looks similar, but causes it, it's written, it's just a little bit different, and it causes it to have a completely different meaning. Both of them are types of doing nothing. But the implication is that there are two different things that are drastically different. If I leave God out of my family, if I leave God out of my life, no matter how hard I work, no matter what I strive to do, or any headway that I think that I'm making, I'm essentially doing nothing. I'm laboring in vain if God's not in it. But allowing God to be the centerpiece of my family or allowing God to be the centerpiece of my job or allowing God to be the centerpiece of my relationships leads to actions that allow me to, quote unquote, do nothing and sleep or to rest. And I'm going to be honest with you. That's what every parent wants. We just want to rest. That's it. There is a time I can go and talk to my daughter and say, sweet, you've had a long week. You need to lay down for a little bit of a nap. I'm not tired. You come and say, Brian, you've had a long week. I want you to lay down and take a nap. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Revival. Like, that's the way that I feel. And now every parent just wants to rest. And here's why. Because what you do is hard. What you do is difficult, and if you're only trying to do it on your own, and I'm only trying to do it on my own today, when it comes to dealing with my family, it's going to be that much more difficult. But there's only one person who can provide the rest, and that is God. So how do we make that a reality? How do we make God become the builder of the house where we're not doing anything in vain? What are the alternatives to what we see on social media or what society is telling us that I need to do or I need to be as a parent or as a family member? Well, this is where we, Springwell, comes in. As we've started rethinking how we serve families, we've recognized that you shouldn't be the one responsible for finding the resources that you need in order to understand how God builds the house. We've taken some major steps to provide you for the very first time in the history of this church with the help that you need to take those steps toward having God 
build your house. And this morning, I am super excited to share those things with you. We have this arm of family ministry now that is going to give you practical tools to understand how God builds the house and you don't labor in vain. One of those things that we're doing, we're calling phase conversations. There are multiple phase conversations. If you've been around, you've seen, probably heard us announce this. You'll see on the screen a few of these things that are going on. You may have seen an announcement loop. You may have seen a video posted on social media. But it's all based on this one sentence. It's just a phase. Every person in this room has heard that at some point in time or said that at some point in time. My child won't stop talking back to me. And it's just a phase. This, this kid is not listening to me. They're just tuning me out. It's just a phase. This child will not stop picking on other kids at school. It's just a phase. My child keeps taking all of their clothes off in public. It's just a phase. <laughs> the thing about that sentence is that it has a really negative connotation. Have you noticed that? Rarely, if ever, do you hear it's just a phase and it be positive. It's almost a way that we want to encourage families, that we want to encourage parents just kind of get through it. But here, we believe that these phases are important, and we actually break them down into four different things. Birth through five years old, first grade through fifth grade, sixth grade through eighth grade, and then ninth through twelfth. So birth through preschool, elementary, middle school, and high school. And we believe, the reason that we've come up with these things is that we want you to celebrate, and we want to celebrate with you the changing of the phases and the things that you're going through. We're not wanting to celebrate your pain, but we're wanting to be there, uh, helping you understand we're right there with you. So we have several different of these phase conversations that are going to happen. They're not teaching. They're not classroom settings. They're literally sitting around a table, having a meal together, having a conversation about what does this look practically like for your family. One of them is called Following Jesus. We had the first of these just a couple weeks ago. It's going to happen four times this year prior to baptism because we believe that a milestone that we need to be celebrating in a phase of life that we need to be celebrating with you and giving you tools to help navigate through is when a child starts to ask questions about salvation, when a child starts to ask questions about baptism. So we want to walk that road with you. We talk about things like what is sin and are we sinners and how does it affect us? Who is Jesus and what has he done for us? what baptism is and what it practically looks like on a Sunday morning to do that. Of the 21 that Katie talked about earlier, last week with the baptism that we had, our very first of these face conversations, we had four families that had six kids represented and four of those kids were ready to take the steps and the way that we knew that they were ready is having that conversation with those families and they were baptized last week. But it wasn't just about talking that and seeing if a child's ready for baptism. You need practical tools to help navigate through it. So every child walked out of there with a 28-day devotional helping them understand what it means to know God and where you go from here. Every parent walked away with a book helping them understand and giving them practical tools to helping their child's faith stick. You shouldn't have to figure that out on your own. It should be us helping you. So if your child's talking about, and I'm literally, this goes elementary up through high school. If you have a child, a preteen, a teenager who's talking about and asking questions about salvation, sign up for the next one of these things and we would love to navigate that with you. There's another one that's called Foundation. Literally came from this chapter about God building the house because we believe that there's going to come a point in time in our lives where you're going to say, something needs to change in my family. Something needs to change in my own life. God needs to be the foundation. But how do I do that? How do I actually practically make that happen? Well, we're going to have a face conversation where we sit around the table, we share a meal, we talk practically about what that looks like for your family, and we give you tools, free resources, to make that a reality. That's also a precursor to child dedication because that's a milestone that we want to celebrate here. Some of you have actually come up and asked, hey, hey why haven't we heard or seen anything about child dedication? We want to do that but we haven't seen that, any, any kind of announcement about it. It's because this phase conversation foundation is going to be the precursor to that. Because we don't want it to just be about something that looks ceremonial that takes place on a stage. We want you to understand the commitment. We want to give you the tools that you need to help make that commitment stick. And then we as a church want to celebrate with you when that child dedication actually takes place. So if you're interested in dedicating a child, you want to go sign up for that foundation phase conversation. The other three that we're doing are actually for specific phases. There's one that's called I'm a big kid now. There's another one that's called 
it just got real. And then there's a third that's called Welcome to the Real World. That Welcome to the Real World is celebrating the end of these phases and is actually celebrating high school graduation. So if you're a parent in here today and you have a high school senior or you're a high school senior in the room, in Maine, we're going to have an environment just for you where we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about for you students, what does life look like next? What are things that you need to know, that you need to keep in your mind, things that you need to do, don't do, as you move into the working world or as you sit in your dorm room for the first time? And then parents, for you, we're going to talk about how to draw healthy boundaries as you continue to love and serve your kids. The other two happen on what we call move-up weekend. It's the weekend before school starts back. Well, we're going to do that Friday night. We have a, a phase conversation that's called It Just Got Real. And this is moving from elementary to middle school. So for all rising sixth graders in August, a Friday night in August before school starts back, our student ministry team is going to be hanging out that Friday night, and we're going to put on a full service for new sixth graders and their parents. We're going to show you exactly what it looks like. Everything from dinner. Have you all noticed, by the way, that we keep talking about food? <laughs> Preach. Like, that's how we, 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 we know, we get it, we understand. We, we do a free meal every Sunday night with our students anyway, 6 o'clock. I'm the student pastor, I'm going to throw in a free plug for that tonight. 6 to 8, y'all need to show up. So, we're going to show you what it looks like from the time you walk in and check in, you eat your meal, the games that we play, the worship, the teaching, and most importantly, the small group time, where you're going to get to meet your small group leader for the very first time before you walk in that next Sunday night. And parents, you're going to get to have time to sit down with our team and ask questions, and we're going to get to love on you for a little bit. Help you understand what it means to parent a sixth grader. That's on that Friday night. That next morning, our elementary team's going to be together for I'm a big kid now, which is moving from that preschool phase into elementary, into first grade. Families are going to come together, and we're going to show you what a full elementary service looks like on a Sunday morning because your child's been in a preschool large group room maybe for a while. And it's fun in there, don't get me wrong, but it is nothing like the energy in the elementary room. And I saw some kids this past August who walked in that first day and went, where am I at? And so we want to help you with that. We want to ease their minds. We want to ease yours as a parent as well. We're going to go through pre-service. We're going to go through worship. We're going to go through large group teaching and, again, small group Here's why we're emphasizing small groups in these two particular phase conversations. Because we believe that real life happens not when you're looking at the back of someone's head in a row, but when you're looking them in the eye sitting in a circle. And so we emphasize our small groups and we love our small group leaders. So keep these things in your mind. You're going to be hearing more about these phase conversations. And again, as we give you these practical resources and tools of how to lead your family. These environments are meant to help you move from fearing the change that you're about to go through to celebrating it. And we want to do that with you. There's a second thing that we're going to be doing as well that I'm really excited about. I get asked questions all the time. Brian, where can I go to look to find out information about this as a single parent or, or to need some help with like bullying with my kids or how do I limit, what do I do with social media? And we get asked these questions all the time, so we thought, we can answer the questions, but why not give, it, give you resources right there for you to go to immediately? So as of today, we have created an extensive online collection of resources for your family. And as a matter of fact, I'd like for us to all go through this together. So if you have a, a phone with you where you can get online, I'm going to ask you to actually do that. Like, take your phone out in church. Ooh, imagine that. That doesn't happen a lot. I'm not going to ask you to like bring it up here and sit it down. I do that. I, I don't even do that with teenagers, so I'm not going to do that with you guys. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you probably need to switch to data because for those of you who use our Wi-Fi, you get it, all right? Here's what I want you to do. Resources.springwell.org. I want you to type that into your search bar. Resources.springwell.org. And when you do, you're going to see this page pop up with this brightly colored graphic that says parent resources. From there, you can scroll down. And you can search for resources, you can view all of the articles, or you can search by specific age groups. So what I want us to do right now is like just click on where it says view all articles. And it may take a second for it to load because I know that there are people who are jumping on here and doing this. When you do that, you'll see a search bar that says search articles. When you click on that, you can choose from a multitude of topics. To get this online resource started, we said we're not going to do this with one, two, three, ten resources. No, we're starting for the very first time right out of the gate with 60 different resources for you as families. 
You don't have to just view it on a desktop. You don't have to print it all out. You can go and look at it mobily so that in the moment when you're having that conversation with your elementary student about bullying that's going on, you can go and search and find that article that you need. You'll find resources, everything from technology to faith, from cell phone agreements to dealing with tragedy. Okay, now I'm going to ask you all to put your phones up because you're just going to keep looking at that the entire time. Y'all can cruise through that when you get home, okay? I know some of you are like trying to still to get it to load and be like, do we even have internet here? Yes, I, I, we do. Why do we do this? Why do we create these environments and these phase conversations to give you these tools and these resources? And why do we go to the trouble of creating the resource page? It's because figuring out how to have God build your house shouldn't be done by yourself. You shouldn't have to do it. And you certainly shouldn't have to go other places to figure out how to make that happen. It shouldn't be about you going and looking on something that someone has pinned to a board or that someone's posted somewhere in a blog. You shouldn't have to go chase that down. As the church, we should be helping you with that because you matter and we don't want you to labor in vain. And I want to invite somebody to come up and actually... Help me with the next part. And we're going to have a little conversation of our own. We're going to let you be a part of it, though. So uh, this is Katie Roberts. She's our children's director. Will you guys give her a hand as she comes up? We're going to move over here. Only because if we just stood up out there, it would be awkward. Um, We told everybody in the last Facebook uh, watch party that we did that our family ministry name is Brady. Brian and Katie. Some of y'all will get that later. Okay, good talk. All right, so... Um, I just want to take a moment. Uh, Katie came on staff as our children's director in August after spending three years in the classroom uh, as a teacher. Yes. And so I just wanted her to come up and just share a little bit with you. Um, one of the things that I'd like for you to speak to, Katie, is since moving from the classroom to this role as a children's director, yeah. what's the difference in the involvement of parents from that secular teaching setting to here at church? So um, in the classroom, I was... Um, in three schools in three towns. So I kind of saw the gamut of parent involvement. Some of the schools I was at um, had parent involvement that was really um, fantastic and some not so much. Um, But in comparison to what parent involvement in the school looks like and parent involvement in the church looks like, it's um, either the same or better in the church than it is in the school system. Um, And I want to make sure that it's very clear when I'm saying parent involvement I'm making sure that you know that I'm not just talking about mom or dad. It could be grandma, grandpa, aunt, guardian, whoever that is that's the primary influencer in the child's home. Um, And so I saw um, no matter what um, the kid was, whether they were churched or if they were unchurched, most parents were seeking some type of help. They wanted to be better parents, no matter what their background was, no matter who their child was, they wanted to be the best parents they could be with what they had. Um, And so all kids, whether or not they come to church every Sunday or they've never entered the church before in their life, they're dealing with all of these issues. Like just because your kid comes to Springwell Kids Services, that does not exempt them from the felt needs that Brian's been talking about. Um, They're going to face those Um, no matter what. And so the difference is, though, that I found in parents in the church and parents in the schools is parents in the church are not only looking for a resource to, like, just skim through the problem and just fix it, but parents in the church are looking for something else. They're looking for something more. Um, And so a lot of times schools, they'll provide pamphlets or, you know, handouts on things like bullying and things, these felt needs that Brian's been talking about, but it's literally just tips and tricks on how to fix it or um, a temporary solution. However, the difference with what we're doing here is that there's going to be a biblical perspective on what God's Word says about these things that your kids are going through. And I think that that's the difference with church parents is that they want something else, something more than um, just a simple solution. And sure, so, and I think that all of us probably walk through the doors of a church for the first time, maybe some of us today for the first time, and the reason we walk through is that we were looking for something. Yeah. We don't really know maybe what it is, but I think that we're looking for it, and we believe that, that parents are the same way with that because one of the things that I get asked a lot um, by people, whether you've been here for a long time or uh, whether it's your first time, is so what do they do in that building on Sunday morning? <laughs> Like, is it just childcare? Is it babysitting? No, it is so much, so much more, more than that. 
It is so much more than that. And so we know that with you wanting to be involved with your families, we, we need to help you understand what it actually looks yeah. like in that building on a Sunday morning. So Katie, what are we doing to help parents better understand what goes on yeah. next door on a Sunday? So there are some things um, that you guys, that we can put in your hands that can help you understand that. And the first thing is going to be simply just having a conversation with them. But instead of just going into this blindly, we want to give you some tools and some resources to help you do that. So if you're a parent of a preschooler, your preschooler gets two things each month. They get a memory verse card, and they also get a placemat that um, resembles each theme. So this month in February, we're talking about love bugs. And so we're talking our bottom line is Jesus loves me. Our basic truth is Jesus wants to be my friend forever. And so it tells you literally what they're talking about in large group and in small groups. So this can be a wonderful way for you to take what they're doing at home and apply, or take what they're doing at church and apply it to what they're doing at home and have those conversations. So great thing would be to put this at the dinner table and be able to have a conversation over breakfast or over lunch or dinner with them and talk about what they've been talking about on Sunday morning. So these are placemats. If your um, child's preschool teacher will give them to you at the beginning of each month. If you're not here, you can simply ask them for one or they're found at that parent resource center in the main lobby. So make sure you pick one of these up if you don't have one. And then for elementary um, kids, we give them a God time card every single week. And so some of you might know what these are. You might have seen them. They're, your kid might say, I've got to get my God time card done so I can get my kids cash. These are simply, um, you've probably heard that more than once, um, but these are simply um, tools for you to use that take your child through each day of the week. And it will let them um, grow in what they've learned that previous Sunday. Um, so it's really, really awesome um, for them to be able to do that. But it also allows you to be able to um, walk through that with them. Um, and it gives them um, the opportunity to go ahead and practice the spiritual discipline of spending time with Jesus every day. And I know as adults in this room, we probably will sit here and say, I wish I had started that sooner. As an adult, it's so hard. If I had started that sooner, if somebody had just told me how important spending time with Jesus is, then I would be so much better off. So this allows them to give them a tool and not have to go wandering by themselves to look and for that. Um, and then lastly, we have parent keys. And these are also found in the Parent Resource Center um, in the middle of the lobby. Um, and I really encourage you to check this out. One side has each week um, one, two, three, and four, and what they're going to be learning about during large groups. So today, your kids are learning about Jesus feeding the 5,000. And so you can talk with them about what they learned about in large group and in small group today. And then on the back side of this, each month, it has literally things called morning time, drive time, meal time, and bedtime. And it prompts you with questions and things that you can do. And so you can have a literal tool to foster those conversations. Um, and then the last thing, as far as literally taking a glimpse into what a Sunday morning looks like is something I'm super excited about. Yeah, this is good, y'all. Um, so, all right, I want everybody, like, we're going to rally the troops here. So can you, like, give me every inch of volume that you have? I want everybody on three to say the words FX. Ready? One, two, three. That was good. Nice. That we'll was take good. That. Well done. Well done. So FX, By the way, that's like literally every minute of the day in the other building. It's so okay? fun. So, it's so fun. So FX stands for Family Experience, and I literally cannot wait for this event. This event is going to be held the Sunday evening after Easter. And what this is, it is an event um, designed for the entire family but with kids in mind. So if you want to kind of picture what goes on on a Sunday morning plus kids camp large group time meshed together, that's what an FX is going to be. So your kids are going to have a blast, but you two are going to get something yeah. out of it. So it's something for the whole family, parents, grandparents, whoever you have is the influencer in your child's life, bring them, bring your child. It is going to be so much fun. You are not going to want to miss out on this. More information's coming yeah, in the coming weeks. So. And that's April the 28th. That'll yeah. be happening that Sunday night next door in the Family Ministry Auditorium. And then uh, we have another one, a second one that's going to happen yeah, in, in August. August. So, so keep, keep those things in mind and you'll be hearing more about all of these yeah. things. Um, Y'all, I can't tell you how excited I am that we're taking this step and making these moves to give your family practical tools to grow closer together, but also to grow in your relationship with Jesus yeah. Christ. And honestly, 
I could not want, uh, I could not be more excited to have anyone other than Katie Roberts helping yeah. lead that charge with our kids. So would you guys give her a hand yeah, as she goes back you. next door? Have fun. Yes. This is a fun day. All right. She's going to head back over and make sure your kids are well taken care of when you go and pick them up at dismissal. And as she's leaving, I would love for you guys to take a look at the screens. You know, I'm thinking we should have a baby. No, no, no. My name is no. My uh, sign is I mean, no. My number is why? no. You need Seriously. to let it go. You need to let it go. Losing friends and I'm chasing sleep. Everybody's worried about me. In too deep, I say I'm in too deep. I just wanna say that I was wrong. I know. I said it's too late to apologize. You don't know the half of the abuse. Cause I knew you were trouble when you walked in. parent in the room. Oh, man. Every parent has run through that gamut of emotions. I can guarantee you that. The truth is that life can get so crazy that we start to see our family as a hindrance. We start to see it as a job or something that we literally just want to run from. And we get that. So what I want us to do is go back to Psalm 127 and look at the remaining three verses and see what God has to say about our family, specifically about our kids. Verse 3 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. When your life as a parent, as a grandparent, as a parental figure, as a mentor, as a volunteer, whatever it may be, starts to get difficult, remember what God says about children. And I want to take just a moment and step back from this, and I want to speak to everyone in the room who doesn't have kids right now. Whether you, you haven't come to a phase of life where that's something that's on your mind, or for whatever reason, here's what I want to remind you of this morning. That doesn't mean that God's not blessing you. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. He has you in this particular season for a specific reason. And that reason actually may be to save a family. Whether your kids are, are grown and out of the house, whether you, you don't have kids, whether you're married, whether you're single, here's what I want you to understand. You can and will play a profound impact in the next generation. There's some of us in here today who have been thinking about this and this has been rolling around in our minds and we say, well, what can we do? How can we actually make that a reality? You can serve them. You can serve on a Sunday morning in the nursery or in uh, the preschool or in the elementary room or in the crossing, which is for our preteens, or you can serve on Sunday nights with our middle and high schoolers. It may be that you have the time and God's given you the availability to serve in one of these other settings like the face conversations where we serve families and do that, some of the other things that we're going to talk about in just a moment. It may be that God's put you in this season so that financially you can be a support. And let me show you what that looks like practically. Every summer, our middle and high school students go to camp. 
and we have kids who want to go, but they can't. And over the last two years, I watched a group of 13 last summer grow to a group of 44, or two summers ago grow to a group of 44 last summer, and I believe it's going to be only larger when we go this year. And I watched that group of 13 build such tight relationships that it absolutely changed the makeup and the structure and everything that we do when it comes to student ministry. It could be that God's put you in a place, even if you don't have kids in this moment, where you can help a child go and have their life changed next summer. Because the truth is, is that serving in family ministry is a way that we help families win. God has you here for a reason, and it may be to help save that family by demonstrating the very nature of Jesus Christ and loving someone well. And speaking of love, I love what John Phillips has to say about these three verses that we just read. He describes these three verses this way, that we find out that children are our heritage, our helpers, and our happiness. He hasn't met some of our kids, so that's why helpers is in there. But no, seriously, when you look back at it and you see what is taking place here, Children really are a blessing from the Lord. They're a reward from him. And we want to help remind parents of how God sees your kids because sometimes with the stress of life, it's difficult for us to see them that way. So for this reason, we've created a completely different arm of family ministry. And we want you to think of it as a practical reminder of the importance of your role as a parent. One of the things we're going to be doing are parent breakfast. We've done this now for a year with our student parents. But we're opening up to any parent who has a child, newborn, through 12th grade. And on a Sunday morning, we're going to do this three times through the remainder of the year. On a Sunday morning at 9 a.m. next door, you check your kids into kids' ministry, but you come in and enjoy a free breakfast on us, and you get to sit down and hang out with parents who are going through the exact phase that you're going through. So let's say you have a child who is in elementary, but you also have a middle schooler. But the difficult one that you seem to be struggling with the most, that phase is middle school. We'll have a section set up specifically for you to hang out with other parents of middle schoolers. We'll talk through some practical things like technology and how to interact with your kids in each of the four phases. We'll talk about other things that are going to go on. We'll give you all of that information, but after we do that, really the crux of what's going to happen is that you get to build community with other parents, and you get to engage in some real and truthfully some raw conversation about the things that you're struggling with as a parent, and other parents get to do the same in a safe environment. Because in community, we're reminded of the blessings in our lives. That's why we feel so strongly about doing that. But we've also created something called the getaway. It's going to happen twice this year, once in the spring, once in the fall. And um, it's called the getaway because you literally get to get away from your kids. Like, that's why we named it that. Just like if you went and robbed a bank and you were getting away, it's just like, oh, leave them in the dust. Like, that's, that's the entire purpose. And here's why. Because we also believe that intentional time apart helps you grow to love each other more. Parents need time away from their kids to spend with other parents. Kids need time away from their parents to spend with other kids. So we've created this environment. So on a couple Friday nights this year, we're going to take care of the kids. You walk in next door, you check in, the kids go to one side of the building where we'll feed them, we'll have volunteers engaging. This is somewhere where maybe you can uh, step in and help us serve families. We'll take care of them. They'll have activities. Katie has all of that that's going to be lined up. They'll be well taken care of. They're going to have a great time. And parents, you go to the other side of the building just for you. That, that, like the song said, be where the people are. Some of you feel that way right now. Like we're going to put you with the people, okay? Again, it's a night just for you. The first one that we're going to do, of course, is going to include dinner because we eat. And um, the other thing is that it's going to be a game night. They're going to be board games and cards, like on the tables. You get to hang out with other parents. You get to have a good time. But then it's going to be a full-on kind of competition between all the parents. And the, parents, the parent who wins the game night is literally going to receive a getaway for your family. Because we believe that when you spend intentional time away from each other, it makes you understand the blessing that you have in your life. Some of you really super competitive people are like, yes, I'm signing up for that. And then the other, others in here who are like, I'm staying away from him that night. All right, so I get it. We're doing that in the spring. Then in the fall, we're doing something completely different. It also goes along with the, get, it's the getaway. Kids will show up. They'll do the same thing. We'll have something for them. They're going to have fun. But parents, just for you, we're throwing an old school prom. It's exactly the way that it sounds. You go find the tackiest looking old prom dress that you can find. You put it on. You try to squeeze into your old tux. 
We're going to have food. We're going to have a DJ. We're going to have music. And we're going to throw it back. Awkward prom photos. You know, like <laughs> the whole thing, y'all. It's going to be because we believe that we need to have fun. We believe that we need to be reminded of the blessing in our lives. But more importantly, we need that community so that happens. Because it's easy to forget about the blessing of our children. So our goal as a church is to be the reminder that you need. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely love what I do. I love it. And I love where I get to do it. I've said this before, and I will say it every opportunity that God gives me. The Rhodes family needed Springwell Church a lot more than Springwell Church needed the Rhodes family. In our almost two years here, we have experienced support and encouragement and community unlike anything else that we've ever experienced in our lives. And we have been in some fantastic places with people who have loved us well. And here's what I've discovered is I've experienced that support, that encouragement, and that community. That as I start to rethink things in my life, as I start to rethink my family, as I start to rethink my ministry, as I start to rethink other things, what I've recognized is that when I do that, I start to rethink my actions. And so as a family pastor, my desire is to provide every parent, every newborn, every toddler, every preschooler, every elementary student, every preteen, and every teenager with the opportunity to experience the same community, support, and encouragement that me and my family have experienced because you deserve that. But the beauty of today is that this isn't a Brian Rhodes thing. It's not even a Springwell thing. It's a Jesus thing, y'all. Because Jesus came so that you could win. Jesus came so that you could win the battles in your life that you can't win on your own. Jesus came to win the war against sin and against death so that you don't have to pay the punishment for the sin in your life, that I don't have to pay the punishment for the sin in my life. And Jesus took that on himself. And if you've never experienced that kind of victory, in just a moment, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. So today, bottom line, parent or, or not, married or single, everyone can impact the next generation. What it requires is that we rethink our actions. As a church, we've done that. And I believe that we're heading in a direction where we're going to see kingdom impact for eternity because we want you guys to know your love. It requires us to rethink some things. So I want to ask you guys just to close your eyes. We're going to pray and wrap up. For those of you who are in the room today, right now you're kind of in one of those four phases. Maybe you have a child, newborn, up through five years old. Maybe you have an elementary student, a middle school student, a high school student. And you're sitting there going, you know what? I, I catch myself doing a lot of times the same thing you did in that aisle that day, Brian. I just think that everybody is looking at me and I'm concerned about what everybody else is thinking. I'm trying to figure this thing out the best way that I can and I'm struggling and I'm having a difficult time. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to look. Would you just pray for me and my family? If that's you and you're there today and you feel like you don't know where to turn, would you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray, pray for you. I want to pray for your family. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for being willing to say that. God, I want to pray for these folks who are in here right now who are saying, God, I just want you to build, to be the builder of the house. I want you to be the foundation. I need to be reminded of the blessing of my kids. It's such a struggle right now. God, remind them that they don't have to do it on their own and they weren't designed to do it on their own. May we give them the help that they need to learn how to allow you to build the house. God, for every person in here this morning who's maybe thinking, what can I do? How can I impact the next generation? I pray that you will show them that clearly because we all have that opportunity. Whether it may mean taking a step to serve, whether it may mean coming alongside and helping mentor a parent who's going through a difficult time, whatever it may be, God, may we give them the tools to be able to love families well. Father, I pray for anyone who's in here today who's never experienced victory 
through Jesus Christ. People who would admit that life is hard and life is difficult and they're struggling and they don't feel like they're going to win. That they're unlovable. But they're ready to make you the priority in their life. They're ready to commit their life to you today. And if that's you, you just need to talk to God right now in this moment and say something like this. God, I'm sorry for trying to do things my way. It's just led to more hurt and it's led to more heartbreak and I can't seem to figure it out. And I realize today it's because of the sin that's in my life. The stuff that I do that doesn't doesn't please you, that breaks your heart. And I can't fix that on my own. But I believe that you love me so much that you sent your son Jesus to earth to die on a cross and to rise again. That if I will place my belief and my trust in him and ask you forgiveness that through what he did, I can be saved. So today, I admit my need for a Savior. I place my faith and my trust in Jesus and what he did for me. And I confess him as my Savior and Lord. Save me, forgive me of my sin, change me and make me something new. Thank you for winning the battle so that I can win in my life. God, this is an exciting day for our church. And I pray that we'll continue to do everything that we possibly can to love families and to love them well and to serve them well the same way that you have done that for each one of us. God, I pray that you'll be our priority, that we won't labor in vain, and that you'll build the house. And as you do that, we know that lives will be changed forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.